I'm Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. I interview some of the rare few who make their living in the world of entertainment. Special thanks to Phil Ranta and the Comedy Podcast Network. Artwork by Tom Burns. Original music by Diana Lawrence. If you found us on iTunes, uh, give me some feedback. Leave a comment. Rate the show. I love all that stuff. You can send me an email at livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com if you want to know anything from me. And uh, we also have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. This is episode number 15. I speak with professional actress, vocalist, improviser, the lovely Erica Elam. Living the dream. My name is Rich, and I have the lovely, the beautiful, the talented Erica Elam with me. Thank you for coming on the show. No problem. We're done. You. <laughs> uh, okay. You are an improviser, mm-hmm. an actress, a singer, and a writer. Those are what I know uh, that you do in this world. And, well, a teacher, of course. That's mm-hmm. a big part of what you do. Yeah. Um, how long have you been doing what you've been doing without the aid of, like, a supplemental job or a day job? I quit my day job in 2006 because I got cast in a play. I was do- I got cast in Inherit the Wind at Northlight. Nice. And um, I had been the receptionist at Second City for three years up to that point. And I was kind of, I had, Second City was really awesome and flexible with me. Like, they would let me, like, I left for a month to go do Winesboro, Ohio, and they would let me leave for auditions, and they would let me leave to do shows sometimes, and and just, as long as I I got all my shifts covered, then I could come back whenever I wanted. But this, but in 2006, I was like, all right, I'm going to be an equity actress. I wasn't equity at that point, but I I was, I'm going to be an actress. And um, I didn't have anything lined up after that play. But I just decided, like, now's the time I'm going to really try to make a bold move. And then as soon as I quit that job, I booked three commercials in a row. Wow. So I was like, okay, I made the right choice. Nice. All right, make a bold move. Uh, when you say the Second City, just to clarify for anyone who doesn't know, you mean the theater, the Second City. So you were working for them, just not in a, like, a creative capacity. Yeah, I was, an, I was the receptionist. I answered phones, yeah. and I was there, you know. I, I was like, yeah, I, I did admin. Sure. Yeah. Um... Okay, and you are an equity actress now, so for those of us that don't necessarily know a lot about equity, uh, I mean, I know, for example, that it's the union for actors, but how does one go from being an actor to being an equity actor? Um, there's like there's a couple ways you can do it. You can, um, the first time you do a show that is at an equity theater, you can um, pay 100 bucks and become an equity membership candidate, and then if you do earn 50 weeks of work at an equity theater, I think it's 50, maybe it's 52, um, anyway, a certain number of weeks, then you can officially like pay to become a member of Actors' Equity. It costs like $1,200, and then you pay yearly dues. Um, what happened to me was I, I was earning those points, but um, the, another way you can do it is just a theater can say, hey, we're offering you this role. It's an equity role. So you, you got to go equity for it. And oh, okay. you say, yep, I want to be equity. So that's what I did. I um, uh, Peninsula Players up in Wisconsin was doing Born Yesterday, and they offered me the role of Billy Dawn. And uh, I actually asked them if I could not join the union, if I could, if they would do that role as a non-equity role at an equity theater. And they were like, no, it's the lead. <laughs> like, you, it needs to be equity. So you got to be equity. All so right. I was like, all right. Um, and so now you can only perform at equity theater? Yeah, I can't do any non-equity theater, except uh, what's lucky for me is that I do improv, and you're allowed to do as much improv as you want. That's totally unregulated. And, and I think technically any scripted work, which would include sketch, 
I'm not supposed to do. <laughs> um, so maybe I shouldn't be talking about this. Maybe this is something I. But um, but but uh, you can get special permission for things like I um, was on the writing team for a show that we for a musical we put up at Annoyance a couple years ago, a couple summers ago, and I got special permission from Equity after much effing pain in the ass. Right. Um, I got permission to do that show. <laughs> you censored effing and then and saying it. I love it. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Uh, so you're in the world of improv. Uh, I feel like there's very few people who are tra- classically trained actors, and, and I'm not sure if that's even the right term. But by that I mean people that do scripted work and plays and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like there's even less of those of us who've done that who actually work in real theaters because you work you've you've been in you've been cast by the Steppenwolf Theater mm-hmm. and you've been cast by the Goodman Theater mm-hmm. and uh, even outside of Chicago those are pretty well known like it's kind of top tier right yeah 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 I mean yeah those are that's the theaters you want to work for like the Goodman and Steppenwolf and Chicago Shakes I, I you know are like uh, the Goodman won the Tony for best regional theater and mm-hmm. you know Steppenwolf is pretty fancy pants and Chicago Shakes won the Tony also and like so those are like Real world theaters. renowned, like re- reputable equity theater. So, in other yeah. words, you've you've done it. You've killed it. Like you've <laughs> killed really the did. Chicago acting scene. <laughs> you come on and you said, "I'm Eric Elam, and you can all suck it." I would. Say, what, what's crazy about what's the thing is, like, I think when I first moved to Chicago, I thought that's how it would be. Like, if I ever got cast at the Goodman and Steppenwolf in those places, like, I mean, that would be it. Like, I couldn't ask for any more. I mean, I, I still think that's true. Like, I. I can't ask for more than that. That's awesome. But every time you do a show, you do that show, and then it ends. And then you're unemployed again. Right. And it's like, so you're never done. You're never like, I have made it. It's like, nope, now i got to try again. Now I have to hope that Goodman will cast me in something else. They haven't yet. You know, it's sure. just like you just got to, you start, it's like you start over again at the bottom every time, unemployed, looking for work. That part's weird. I don't remember the exact title of this, but at some point not too long ago, you were written up as, like, one of the ten actors to look at or something yeah, to that um, nature. It's like a thing Chris Jones does in the Trib, and and uh, that was my first time hearing about it, but now it's like he does it, he does it kind of semi-frequent, you know, regularly or whatever. Well, I was one of the top five actors to watch, and that was in 2006. That was when I quit my job at Second City, wow. right? right at, it was, like, amazing. The whole world was, like, Good job quitting your day job because I quit my day job and immediately booked a couple commercials, got written up by the Trib as like one of the top five actors to watch, and um, like Chris Jones is like she is going someplace, and which um, I've since heard is for everybody that that happens for it's like the kiss of death. It's like no the minute you get written up as like one of the top five up and coming actors, it's like then you don't get cast in anything for a really long time. Do you think that has any correlate? Do you think, like, casting directors care at all, or is it just coincidence? No, I think it's just coincidence. I think it's just jinxing yourself. For anybody to be like, you're a rising star, you're like, well, son of a... (laughs) Thank you. Thanks a lot. You're going to be something someday, kid. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So from from 2006 till now, you've lived off of acting and and teaching, um, which I totally... Some people are like, well, you teach acting, that's a job. Yeah, but it's still in the biz, it's still entertainment. Um, have you ever gotten to the point where you're like, ooh, maybe I need to go back to a day job, or have you been, like, consistent work? I have. I've been, I've never had to go back to a day job, and I, um, 
I mean, there's all kinds of weird little things that I do to make money, like uh, Baby Wants Candy college tours and... Yeah. Um, Baby Wants Candy being the improvised musical show that you do. Just that's... That not to it. throw too many terms around Because <laughs> I know I what these know. are, but... Yeah, yeah. Baby Wants Candy. My mom's listening and she doesn't know what that means. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I've just been... I have... I feel like I've been really, really lucky. But, I, but also, I just think it's when you're when you're out there you're really open to opportunities that come like when I had a day job I just sort of wasn't available and I wasn't really tuned in for opportunities and then the minute I was like I am wide open I got nothing then all these things you know have continued to sort of follow my plate whenever I need something something comes up I didn't have anything lined up I had done these two back-to-back awesome shows this spring and summer that, that you saw yeah and then I had nothing lined up, Rich. Nothing, and I and I had auditioned for everything in town and gotten called back, and nothing. And then all of a sudden, Second City called and was like, "You want to go to Hawaii for four months?" So it's just things like that have happened to me consistently since I quit my job. And uh, I think I'm right on this, but uh, a lot of people probably don't know that for most actresses like yourself, that you you tend to have gigs. You you audition for things that don't happen for. Four months, six months, a year sometimes. A yeah. year, like is is that kind of hard to if you book something to go? Well, I know what I'm doing a year from now, but I don't know what I'm doing in between now and then. Yeah, although I think I love that. That's better to me because if I know I have something coming up, then I never feel desperate. It's like I know I have work. I know I have work coming up, so now it's just a matter of filling in this in between time. What's hard is when you end a job and there's nothing on the horizon. It, that feels really like yeah. nerve wracking. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, like, I have a show coming up in January and February that I got cast in, like, uh, probably eight months ago or something. Like, back in, oh, my gosh, I got cast. No, I got cast. It was snowing. So it was, like, maybe, <laughs> like, February or March because I had to drive to Milwaukee in the snow Wow. Um, for this callback. and. Yeah, and so I just had that sort of looming ahead, like, okay, well, I'll do this this weird little one-off show in January and February, and that's better. I, I, I like to have something on the timeline in front of me. Sure. Yeah, but it is weird. It's weird to, like, I knew I was doing Orlando at court almost a year before I did it, so then it was like, well... I'm unemployed and poor now, but I know I have something cool later. <laughs> nice. Does it, um, being an improviser and a straight actress, does are those two completely different skills in your mind as far as when you do one and you have to like get in a different mindset than mm-hmm. doing another? I don't think so. Most, like, I, as far as the, I think the, the craft of it is really, um, they mesh really well together. They're you know they're really similar. It's like all all my improv training makes me a better actor and a better auditioner, and all my theater training makes me a better improviser. So so in that way they go really well together. But the worlds are really different. Like the the theater world is so much more disciplined, and you would never be late for a rehearsal. I mean I would never. And you would never be late for call. It's a huge thing. You would never not know your lines when you're supposed to know your lines. Or it's like 
I have homework for theater, and I do my homework, and everyone does, and we take, you know, it's, there's a way of being very professional and very diligent and very disciplined that is, um, that really appeals to one side of my personality, and the thing about improv is, it's not that, and and when I first started really, like, becoming a part of the improv world, I really kind of looked down on that, I was like, everybody's so lazy, ah, people... And the theater, this would never be tolerated. <laughs> and like you know, I thought that in my head. I, I hopefully never said that out loud. I'm sure but, you um, did not. But the the more I do it, the older I get, the more I'm like, actually, that there there's like really great lessons to be learned from that. And I really love that about improv, which is the sort of the magic of like we don't have to get together and rehearse. We, it's great to rehearse, um, but like if you just show up three minutes before the show. And you all do zip zabs up real fast and get on stage. Still, magical things can happen, and so it's it's good for some. For me, I, I think I can tend to be like a real straight A student. Like, you know, I always want to do my homework and do things right. And uh, the the improv side, the the difference of that mindset, which is just like some could call it laziness, or some could call it just trusting in the moment and not feeling a need to prepare for every single thing. Yeah. Um, that learning that lesson about not preparing and trusting that it'll all be okay. That's that. I love that too. That's pretty spectacular. I've learned a lot from that. When you get done with an improv show or a play or what, is it a different feeling like when you've wrapped, uh, a run of I don't know, like an improv show for six weeks, as mm-hmm. opposed to a like a theater play where you played the same character. Like, is it is one more satisfying than the other? Is it maybe harder to say goodbye to the same role, or hmm. not exactly sure what I'm asking? But yeah, no, you know, I think it's always different. I think because there have been improv or sketch experiences that have been so awesome that it was really sad to say goodbye to them. Although the thing with improv is like it's sort of just unless if it's great, it kind of just keeps going forever. You know, it's like if it's a bad experience, probably you guys don't get together and do shows anymore. <laughs> but if you love each other, you just keep figuring out ways to do more and more shows together. But but yeah, I I do usually get really sad closing a play just because there is something to me there's something so wonderful about that experience, that shared, like, intense, forced intimacy of human beings and this thing that you're sharing with an audience and a character that you're exploring and, like, really come coming to love and learn a lot about. And then it's so ephemeral because it just, it doesn't exist. It's Then it's over, and if people didn't see it, nobody saw it, and it doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's not even on tape, you know? It, it's, like, it's totally gone, and it only exists in your memory. And that's true about improv, too, but somehow in theater we have this sense of, when you're running a play for eight weeks or whatever, you have a sense of, like, we're doing this thing for a long time and it feels tangible, whereas improv, every single show is totally different. And the show is over, and you'll never do that show again. You'll never get it back. You'll never... It only exists in your memory, and there's something... It's so fleeting, always fleeting, so you don't expect it to be permanent, but sometimes running a play feels like you're living that feels like home for a while and you sit backstage and you sit in the theater and it feels like you're home for three months and then it's done and it's so sad <laughs> you have to say goodbye to everybody 
At what point in young Eric Elam's life did you go, actress, I want to be an actress? Really early, and I don't know why. I was I was pretty shy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I and I thought actually maybe that it was later that I wanted that, but I found a journal from when I was like five, you know, like one of those little ones that has a little key, and I was like, dear diary, I want to be an actress or a beautician. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why that appealed to me or what made me decide I wanted to do that, but um, yeah, all all you know, I wrote plays when I was a kid. I wrote, you know, me and my brothers would put on shows. In high school, I was just painfully, brutally shy. Um, oh, my God, in middle school, I started a drama club, and I was, like, super nerdy and shy, and I started, I, I, like, I was like, let's put on plays. I was just all, yeah, I always wanted to do theater. So you were, like, shy in real life, but on the stage, you didn't really have that stage fright going? Yeah, you know, I used to always get really, I would get really, really nervous right before, and the minute I walked out on stage, I wasn't scared anymore. Nice. So, yeah, it just felt like, and that, I think also there was something about, for like kind of a shy, dorky kid, what theater does better than, you know, well, no, what it did really well for me is it creates, there's a real community, like all the theater nerds, you find a place, like a home, all the outcasts are cool together, and, um... I think that's part of, you know, especially in high school and college, why I really loved it. What drew me to it was my favorite people were hanging out in the drama building. You know, it's like sure. all my, the people I became really good friends with were all in Miss Joyner's classroom, you know, in oh. the drama room. So, yeah, I think that's what drew me in. So you kind of went in to, I assume, straight from high school to college with the idea of, I'm going to go to college with and be a theater major and, and it's like a singular focus? Well, sort of, but although actually I went to college, um, I went, uh, I was a creative writing major to start. I, I studied poetry and, I, and then I switched to an English major and it wasn't until my, end of my sophomore year or maybe the beginning of my junior year that I actually switched to a theater major because I think I, I was actually really scared. It felt really almost immodest to declare myself a theater major to say like on per like to declare in public that I thought I was a good enough actor to study this I felt like that was sort of embarrassing and I, I didn't and, and it seemed like it just I was always like a really smart kid so I was like I should be an English major I shouldn't <laughs> I shouldn't be a theater kid I'm I'm an English smart people major. don't go anywhere near the theater yeah <laughs> and so it was a while before I actually like committed to being a theater Nature and, mm. and saying that I want I it was a long time before I could just say like I want to be an actress because it felt almost like people I felt like if I said that out loud people would be like okay okay <laughs> I don't maybe maybe you should stick to writing poetry have you thought about being a beautician <laughs> <laughs> you really have a way with it <laughs> when so where did Chicago come into place you've been in Chicago for about ten years now mm-hmm. what what went through your mind of like I should go to the Midwest or I um actually uh, it was all my my best friend John in college he was super motivated on top of stuff applying for internships and like crazy our senior year of college and I was like I don't know what to do and so he had applied for an internship at the Goodman and is I, he a theater kid he as was well? a theater kid also awesome and um 
I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Do you have the application? Sure, I'll fill that out. You know, like, <laughs> cool. Got it. And, um, I'll do that. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's and like it just, deciding what to eat, opening the fridge. There's one thing in there. Well, that's my lunch. Well, that All right, seems great. great. I'll take that. And the thing is, what's crazy, yeah, New York seemed too scary, and L.A. seemed not, like, the place for me, and Chicago seemed like, oh, well, I know they have a lot of comedy there, that seems cool, and it seemed really um, less intimidating uh, than New York or L.A., and the Goodman chooses six interns, six interns for, for that year, at, or that, you know, semester, or whatever, and uh, they picked me and John, Wow, two kids from Georgia. And uh, then the other, it was like a girl from Yale, a, you know, a kid from Chicago. And it, so me and John both got this internship. So we were like, all right, let's do this thing. So we moved to Chicago. Nice. Yeah. Um, were you improvising in college? I did. We didn't have like an improv team or a club or anything, but we had Commedia dell'arte. Sure. So um, I was part of the Commedia dell'arte troupe, which was, um, we, we would come up with scenarios, but then improvise around those scenarios and improvise within each scene. Um, so, yeah, I was doing some improv, but that was, but in the, you know, in the guise of ancient Italian comedy. Yeah, wearing masks and... Stuff. Absolutely. I know a little bit. Um, the, so, when you moved to Chicago, you, you moved to the improv mecca. Uh, did you have any, like, thought in your mind of, like, well, I'm going here to do this internship and be an actress, but... Hey, I'm going to improvise while I'm there. Yes. I had, um, when I was, my senior year in college, I had gone to visit a friend who had graduated the year before me and was living in Chicago, and we went to go see, she took me to see Second City, mm. and that was my first, yeah, yeah, my first time seeing Second City, and I loved it. <laughs> I loved it, and um, I was really excited about it. And so when I moved to Chicago, I was like, okay, as soon as I can afford it, I'm going to take classes. I'm gonna, I auditioned for the conservatory right away and got in and at Second City and um, started taking classes that first year. Nice. Yeah, I could not afford it. <laughs> and I just did it anyway. Was it ever like, um, I feel like a lot of people who move to Chicago to improvise think about moving there to be improvisers. And then there's a fair, probably just as many or more that move there to be actors. Um, I don't know how many necessarily move there to go, I want to do both. But, like, did it ever cross your mind that you would have to choose one or focus more on one? Or, or did you just go, well, I'm here, I'm going to do everything? Yeah, I mean, it, it was that. I think people told me that I would have to choose one, and people kind of gave me the impression that you have to focus on, on one thing. And I just always was like, okay, well, when the time comes, then I'll decide. But for now, I'm just going to, for as long as I can, I'm just going to do both. And so far, so good. It's just Ten years later, perfect. you're working for a Second City, and you've worked at Steppenwolf and Goodman. So yeah, tell those year. people they can suck it. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just worked out really well for me. I think if I was only doing theater, I would have gotten burnt out a lot earlier. Or if I was only doing improv, I don't think it'd be enough for me. I think I would have gotten tired or frustrated with it. Who knows? Maybe maybe I'd be on main stage right now if I had really focused my energies. But I think that it's been um, perfect to mix the two because when I'm not cast in a play, I can like really concentrate on Baby Wants Candy or The Best Church of God or um, you know like my IO team or what whatever I'm working on at the time. And then when I'm when I'm doing a play, the good thing about improv is 
you know, they don't need you. Yeah. I can say, like, hey, guys, I'm sorry, I'm out for two months. And someone else is psyched to get the opportunity to play more, and then they're happy to have me when I come back. And it's been really great. Yeah, that's a... I love the right improv, too, of, like, yeah, it's cool. You can go. Yeah. come back. Yeah. So you never get too, you know, too sick of it. And, yeah, it just... So it's, like, as an artist, you can... You can fill your time as much or as little as you want to. You can have free time when you need it, but you can also just be like, I want to do a show every night of the week. And it's totally doable in the city. What is, if there is one, like what's the goal for you? Because obviously you've, five years plus have been doing this for a living. Uh, is Do you know what the next step is? Do you have like an end game in sight? Or is moving something you, you're like... At some point, I'm going to move here. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a big question, and it's funny. I, I don't know. I, I've always said, I just want to make my living as an actor. I just want to work. I just want to be a working actor. And, I, and that's still true, but um, it's funny. The older I get and the more I see, the more I sort of get, the more good friends I make who are older, successful actors, the more I realize you just never stop hustling just never it never gets easier it's you, you might like the most successful stage actors in chicago who work constantly who just go from show to show to show to show at the best theaters they if they're lucky bring in like a teacher's salary you know just <laughs> hustling and i i don't know it's funny like i've been just this is fairly new you know in my mind i've started thinking i i i I've been really lucky to realize that I love teaching. I really like it. I don't just do it because, like, to, you know, contribute towards rent. I don't just do it for the money. I get really excited about teaching. I really love it. And and we should like say it. that you teach both straight acting at the school of Steppenwolf, which is insane because, like, that's very... It's, it's a very hard program to get into, and so teaching there is, like, you are high up on national honor as far as teachers. And you also teach at the Second City, which is the mecca of improv so you teach at the best places (laughs) yeah i I have had like pretty effing awesome opportunities and um and so there is something that that's been really appealing to me lately i've been thinking about like it i also i love school i'm just such a nerd i really like school i like having (laughs) teachers i like someone telling me how to get better i really like that so i've been thinking about getting my mfa and so, you know, training to teach acting. I think that would be, at the college level, I think I would really enjoy that. But I don't know, that's not, like, on the immediate horizon. But that's sure. something that lives in my realm is, like, that would be a way to be an adult at some point and have some sort of security and stability in my life and I think still be uh, happy as an artist. You know, I, I, I like I like I like teaching and I like coaching. I a lot of times work with former students or whatever I coach them for auditions or coach them in acting things and I really like working one-on-one with other artists and I like the feeling of helping people get better and and seeing what people have and and it, I mean it's like good improv I like taking someone's idea and heightening it and be like that okay so that let's you know let's play with that what do you think about this and um do you think directing is is something that maybe you jump into because I mean it's it's not it's coaching is different from directing but totally. it's in the same realm. I don't know. I, there is a part of me that thinks directing would be awesome. The end that thinks that, like, I might be kind of good at that. I think I'm good at talking to actors because I 
I understand what's going on. You are and, an actor, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, and I think I'm uh, like organized enough. I'm enough of a nerd that I think I'd be a good director in that way. That I, like I'm not. Uh, I'm not an insane genius. Like I'm not a crazy, amazing artistic genius. I'm actually like a hard worker who does a good job. And so all the success I have is not from any like brilliant madness inside of me it's just like I actually work really hard and I do a good job so the, I think that part of me uh, would be well suited for a director but I also I don't know if I have the sort of brilliant madness I don't know if I have a vision that is so, I, I, I don't know I mean maybe that's maybe I sell myself short but I think um, a lot of times I go see a show and I'm like oh god why aren't I in charge of this I should be a director but I don't know if that actually is enough to to say that I would actually be a good director, but it's something that uh, that um, yeah that has that definitely has appeal to me. But I haven't been pursuing it or anything. Is there someone out there uh, who has a career or who's built a, a life for themselves that you go, yeah, I want maybe not that exactly, but like I want that or something really close to it. I can think of a couple, but here the thing that's funny. Another reason I'm you know at a crossroads in my life is like. The people that have the careers I want don't have the personal lives that I want. Like, like um, I mean, and who knows? I don't know that much about her personal life. But Amy Morton is somebody. She's an actress in Chicago. She's a, a Steppenwolf Ensemble member. She's done a lot of film um, and television. She and was also in, just, like, Up in the Air. Mm-hmm. And I, and, she uh, Rookie of the Year. Yeah. She was, and, um, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. And she did August Osage County and... Uh, and, and is a great director, too. And she is just this, like, powerful, impressive, amazing, like, beautiful, brilliant actress. Um, and I really admire her body of work and her career. But if, if you look at it, like, she did, she was in the original cast of August Osage County. Tracy Letts wrote that role for her. Then she went to Broadway with it. Um, so she lived in New York for a long time then she went to London with it and so she's like traveled a ton with the show which is on paper really amazing but it's also like she's not married she doesn't have kids you have you know you have to live like a gypsy if you're if you're an actor like that you kind of have to go where the work is so you're kind of you know always living out of hotels and unsettled and or that's what I would be afraid of that's what I fear it's hard to find examples of people who have a career that is really inspiring to me. That's what I want to do. Who are in stable, <laughs> loving relationships? And I don't know. It's, I think it's hard to do. We have interesting lives. Yeah, you gotta be a gypsy. I don't know how long I want to be a gypsy. <laughs> oh, mm. That's a that's the line of this uh, episode. I don't know how long I want to be a gypsy. <laughs> uh, e- we haven't even touched on your singing, which you have an incredibly beautiful singing voice, oh, and you, uh, you, do you want to maybe at some point try Broadway and, and that kind of thing? Oh, God. I don't know. It's funny. Like, you and these people on this cruise ship have been really, like, making me feel good about my singing voice. I don't think of myself. I'm not. I have low self-esteem <laughs> as a singer. I just feel like, oh, okay, well, I can carry a tune, but um, I don't, I don't think I have the training or like the chops really to um, 
do musical theater in that way. But I do what I feel like I can do. It's like I can sing a song. If you need someone to act it and be funny, I can do that. It, if you if you need someone to be like a legit amazing singer, it's like oh god no oh god no I don't know how to do that. Well, but um, yeah, I, if like. I audition for musicals some, especially, like, folk musicals or, like, the comedic friend in a musical or whatever. So, um, I like to sing a lot, but I, I'm, that is something that just really intimidates me. Yeah. I get really, I'm like, I totally, singing is really intimidating. And I don't know why I don't mind doing it when I'm improvising it. But I really feel so songs when you when you set out to sing a song that you have to practice that that kind of gets in your head a little makes me so nervous I hate it I can't do it really yeah I would really, never really know nervous. that I was so nervous doing the song questions for this the second the sketch review. show that we're doing right now yeah yeah I um it makes me so nervous because I guess that's the I like a real written down song there are right there's a right way to sing it so I can fail at that whereas an improvised song it's like I got this. <laughs> I can't possibly mess this up, right? Because making it up. Whatever notes I sing, those are the right notes. Here we go. Right. So, yeah. I much prefer that. It's way less scary. A uh, question that I like to ask most of my guests. Did I say asks? Mm, yeah. Four S's? Okay, great. The, the question that I like to ask sex, 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 mm-hmm. most of my guests is, if uh, you were in a hypothetical world that was a horrible place where there was no music... <laughs> No theater, no improv. Basically, the entertainment biz was mm-hmm. just plucked out of reality, and you had to get some kind of "quote unquote" real job. Is there a job that would make you happy? And if not, if forced to, what would you pick? Uh huh. I th- I've all, I always think like I I want to be a travel writer just because I like writing and like traveling. But that sort of seems like kind of artistic too. It kind of seems like it's cheating. <laughs> so, um, you know, I love kids. I really like. I really like kids. They don't like you. <laughs> they they love they've me. all told me. Oh, but but like I collectively. So them. <laughs> no, they um, love you. But I, I don't know. So I think um, so I I would like to work with kids. I don't know. Uh, being a teacher might just be soul crushing because all the politics of schools and and stuff but um yeah I like I like kids what else would I like to do I like coloring but I think that (laughs) (laughs) you could color with the kids yeah yeah seems perfect uh speaking of kids um I assume I know the answer to this, but, like, if you have kids at some point in your life, like, would you be the kind of parent that because you've lived in this acting world, kind of try and steer your kids towards something more stable, or would you, like, Hmm. just be whatever, encourage them to do? No, I, it's, I, I I understand now why my dad didn't encourage me to be a singer when I was a little girl, because the music business, my dad's in the music business. Yeah, your dad, side note, was drummer for... Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison, and is still working in the business as a manager. Yeah. That's great. Um, and it kind of... He steered me. you away from that. Yeah. Not not like, not aggressively, but he never was like, oh, you have a, you're, you're a good singer, you should do this, or he, he never sort of like, he didn't discourage the arts, but he never like 
push me in that way, which I think I took as a kid to be like, oh, I'm not good enough. He probably thinks I'm bad. So oh. so that's why he didn't. But I realize now, like, no, it's soul crushing. He knew exactly how hard it was, and he didn't. He he struggled with it himself his whole life. Like, that's a hard business. But, uh, but man, I think everybody, I think everybody in the world should study improv. I want, I would, my kids would probably rebel by being, like, football playing Republicans. <laughs> Like, I'll probably be really Christian. Um, but, man, I want, I would love for my kids to be theater kids because I, I, um, I think it makes you, it, like, teaches you to be articulate. It teaches you to stand up straight and look people in the eye. It teaches you to listen to other people. It teaches you to have empathy, to, like, think about other characters and imagine their life. It teaches you to use your imagination. It teaches you to be in touch with your emotions and feel your feelings and value the emotions that we feel as human beings. Um, I wouldn't, I'll, I would never, like, take my little kids to commercial auditions and stuff. Like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't encourage my kids to, like, go into the biz but I would totally encourage them to be little theater nerds if they want to. Nice. Anything you want to plug? Websites, web videos, theater shows, something? Oh, man. Um, yeah, uh, if you're ever in Chicago, come see Baby Wants Candy Friday nights at 1030. I usually play with them. And they tour a lot. So like, oh, yeah. if someone's listening to this at, you know, I don't know, Wyoming, you can bring them to your college yeah. or whatever. And we have uh, Baby Wants Candy as cast in New York, too, and we just did the... Edinburgh French Festival, which was awesome. Um, I'm doing a show in Milwaukee in January and February. I'm doing A Wrinkle in Time at First Stage Milwaukee. Oh, wow. Is that considered the regional theater? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, it's a regional theater. Cool. Yeah. And um, I can't think of... I don't know what else to plug. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm that's, on Facebook. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Friend me. I love it. Uh, Eric Elam, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much, Rich. Living the dream. Huge thank you to Phil Ranton, the Comedy Podcast Network. Original artwork by Tom Burns. Original music by Diana Lawrence. Drop me an email. It's livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Rate the show on iTunes. Leave a comment. I love the feedback. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Next week's episode will feature professional cartoonist John J. Murakami. Check that one out. Hey, thanks for listening. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream.